Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Y'all doing okay? Hey, I got a new talk, so let's dig right in if y'all are ready. Okay, we got one ready. All right. You ready? All right, let's, let's pray and dig right into things. Welcome online family. We're glad that you're with us. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Holy Spirit, tonight, speak to our hearts. Stretch our faith. Give us courage to step out, to do, to be the things you've called us to. In your name, Jesus, amen. My talk tonight is called Eyewitness. And as I begin to think about uh, this, uh, this talk, what kind of stirred this on? Now, you know I've been promoting the Chosen series, right? Any of you been watching it? Y'all get, okay, a couple, you're getting a little better. Some of you still, some of you still backslidden a little bit, you, but it's, it's free, okay? It's free. And, and the thing I love about it, I'm, I'm going back through season one right now, and, uh, and it's just the thing I, now listen, if you want to be some technical, theological, dissecting lineup online, then this is not for you. It's a show, all right? It's not for a theologian to dissect. It's just to get a point across to people. But the thing that I love about it is it gives you a visual perspective of, of a real life. And, and as I'm watching this thing and, and then I'm thinking about uh, wanting to share some things about, you know, because I, I like to talk about Jesus. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. And, and I'm watching his disciples and just kind of, and then I, I begin to read Peter's letter in 2 Peter chapter 2. And he begins to talk about them being an eyewitness to Jesus. And I got to thinking about that. Now, now let me set this up for a minute because Peter, you have to understand, in this, uh, in this letter, he, in, his, in 2 Peter, he starts out his conversation about challenging his disciples and the ones that he's writing to, to the church, challenging us to be more disciplined in our discipleship. He's actually encouraging them, reminding them, and he makes statements like this, God has given us these precious promises that give us access into his divine nature. What's that mean, though? That means that you can live the life that God's going to empower you to live. You and I, we can do the things. This, this is the thing you have to understand when you follow Jesus. See, there's a big difference between reading about Jesus and following him. There's a big difference between knowing about Jesus and following him, right? So when you follow Jesus, you see the things he did. Uh, I was talking to a, a parent this past week. And they were talking about their kids, you know, school's going back, and they were telling me something, and, and they were like, you know what, I don't really remember, you know, instilling that into their life, teaching them that lesson. And I'm saying, listen, man, more things are caught than taught. See, parents, don't kid yourself. Even when you don't think you're teaching, you're teaching. Matter of fact, most of the time when you don't think you're teaching, you're teaching, because they're watching. They're watching you. And this is the thing, following is a little bit different perspective. And so Peter is telling uh, his followers in this letter to be disciplined in this and to step into practicing these promises so you you and I can access the, the divine nature of God. And then he makes this statement that God has called him and, and, and he has to remind himself to remind the followers. He says, my job is to remind you. And see, some of the things that I talk to you about, I talk to you about it all the time, don't I? There are things that I repeatedly bring up to you and bring to your attention. Why? Because part of my responsibility is to continually remind you of who we are, of what we're supposed to do and be as as believers, as followers of Jesus. So let's pick up in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Peter says, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus. But we were eyewitnesses. Now think about it. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, and and as you're watching the chosen and you see some of these things, we're going to talk about some of these accounts tonight uh, because we need to bring it back to our world. It's great to watch a show and be inspired by that. But I want you to think about it. And those of you that have seen uh, the episode 
where the leper comes up to, and, and all of his disciples, I mean, one of them, I think, I can't, they, they pull a knife. It was it Simon? Peter, so Peter pulls a knife. Now, he probably, I mean, listen, some of y'all would too, right? Because it, in that, that culture, in that time, not supposed to be around the public. And they're freaking out. But so go back and rewatch it. And, and you watch. I, I love some of what these guys do. And you watch the leper's face. He knows. Guys, this is the thing about the, the, when, when you begin to follow Jesus. When you have that faith, that knowing inside you, you'll risk everything. You, you, you'll be willing to step out and look foolish for Jesus because you have this knowing inside you. That's what bold faith looks like. Peter is saying, guys, we didn't follow a bunch of fables, a bunch of stories when we made known to you this power about Jesus. We were eyewitnesses to his majesty for he received from God the Father honor and glory when this voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Watch this. And Peter says this, and we heard the voice. Now they stand in the round. You understand this, this is a, a description of what's taking place. And, and Peter and James and John, they're there. And, and on the Mount of Transfiguration, when God said, this is my son, listen to him. They heard this voice. Now, I, I know we're cool with that tonight. But if you're standing on the mountainside and, and a dude's teaching to you things, and then all of a sudden the heavens open up and you hear this voice from heaven. Yeah. I mean, I probably have a little, I don't know what going on, you know, but yeah. I mean, now, now the, the thing I want you to get settled in your thinking is this. When you realize that at the birth of the church, they had the luxury of listening to guys like Peter that were an eyewitness. Peter saw that leper come up, and then he saw Jesus go to him. And he said, oh, yeah. He didn't say, wait, let me see if it's the Father's will. He didn't say, let me pray about it. No. Matter of fact, Jesus is the display. He is the representation. He is the manifestation of God's will. And he said, I will. And he went and got the guy. Well, you better know who you are if you go, go grab a leper. Right? It's, it's like today, if, if, in our culture today, if somebody says they have COVID, I mean, everybody, y'all run. Like. Now, now listen, because I'm, I'm talking to the church. It's time for you to stop living in fear. I'm not saying don't be smart. But I, I, am, I, am, I am so, yes, Lord. <laughs> I, I am really, as your pastor, I'm, I'm up to here with this, this fear-driven thing that they're doing. And, and, and I don't know, because I know mainstream media won't tell you this, but the world is spiraling right now. There, I have some friends that I graduated with, and they're part of the Raymond Ministerial Association, and they have a, they have a Bible college and ministry in France. And they, they're, they're losing their mind over there right now because they're trying to force them to take an experimental drug. Now, I mean, my, this is my Sunday sermon, so I got to be careful with this. But at some point, we have to stop giving in to fear. And at, are, are you ready for this? And actually believe God that he's God? How about that? What if the church believed that God is God? That the word of God is still true? That Psalm 91 is still part of the Bible? What, what if we believe that? See, these guys, they had firsthand anointed information because they walked with Jesus. Wow. And so as he began to launch the church, using people like Peter, he inspired these guys by the Holy Spirit to begin to write these letters, these prophetic letters that would become what you and I know today as the Lord's revelation to us. We call it the Bible today. Peter goes on to say this in verse 19, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Now, if you go back and look at the old school King James, I really love how it actually translates it there. 
The Holy Spirit says this through Peter. He says, and we have a more sure word of prophecy. More sure than what? Than an eyewitness account. He says, we got the prophetic word confirmed. We got this more sure word of prophecy, which you would do well to heed like a light that shines in darkness until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture, zero, no prophecy of Scripture comes with any private interpretation. As a pastor, this, is one of the, this has been one of the big pushbacks that I get from people that want to talk about, well, pastor, that's your interpretation of the Bible. According to Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, there is no such thing as your private interpretation. There's the truth, and then there's opinion. That's it. And so our job is to, and, and like I told you on Sunday, according to Moses and Jesus, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You can't just pull some scripture out and, and build your own goofy doctrine. You can't. It all has to line up. And so when you begin to follow these guys, and Peter's point was, we have this more sure word of prophecy than an eyewitness account. He's saying that these words that we've written here, you you can count them. Peter's saying, believe what I wrote more than you believe that I'm an eyewitness to Jesus. That's what he's saying. that's, That's the power of the word of God. That's the power of this inspired design that God built everything on. Now, I understand when you look across the the construction of what we call the Bible today, mainly the New Testament, Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark and Luke and Paul, the Bible doesn't actually show us anything about them being one of the original 12. Obviously, we know Paul wasn't, but Mark and Luke... Uh, John Mark is his real name. He was one of Peter's first associates that followed him wherever he went. And so I can, I can get I, uh, my personal opinion here. This is just me. I believe they were part of the 70. Remember they had the 12? Then they had the 70. Then they had the 120. And then got us. Yeah, the church. But when you look at some of Luke's details... You know, when you, I mean, this guy was so detailed in some of the descriptions of things that unfolded in the life of Jesus. He had to be somewhere on the scene, especially when you look at the, at the case of Peter's mother-in-law. Once again, going back to the, to the show, I love how Jesus walked into the room and he sat down and he, he, he said, leave her. That's all he said. I, I, love, I was the coolest thing. I'm like, yes, I can do that. Because Luke's account, see Matthew and Mark's version of this, one says that uh, Jesus went in and, and went over by her and, and touched her. Another one, said, Mark says that he went over and touched her. But Luke says that he rebuked the fever. He talked to fever. And he, he told it what to do. And it, and it did it. Yeah. See, this is the thing that you have to understand. And so when you look at some of these guys and you read after them, like with Luke, man, this guy is so detailed in his, well, he was a doctor, right? And so he understood, he understood a little bit more uh, uh, the, the importance of being detailed in his description of things. And then you take this guy, Paul. This dude, of course, he is my mentor out of the New Testament. I quote him more than all the others together. I, I probably quote Paul more than Jesus. But Jesus told him what to write, so it, it, it's okay. But Paul, when you look at his life, this guy was taken to heaven and taught personally by Jesus. Now, he makes it very clear. He tells us, he says, now, guys, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. I went to the third heaven. Okay, what's that like? <laughs> Well, number one, that means there's a one and a two. Yeah? Because otherwise, why would he have emphasized third heaven if there's not a difference? You with me? But now remember, Paul reminds us that we see through a glass dimly this side of heaven in our humanity. This is why you have to have revelation from God on some of the things that's going to happen in your life, in your ministry, with the things God's told you to do. That was one of Peter's points in his letter. He says, you be diligent. 
to fulfill your ministry. Yours. I know some of you think, I got a ministry? Yeah, you do. What's it look like? I don't know. You have to figure it out one step at a time. But you have to be willing to take some of those steps. And so Paul is writing these things out and letting us know that we're not going to know all the truths down here. He says, we only know in part. Paul actually makes this statement. He says, I saw things there that can't even be uttered with human words. No way he could describe what he saw there. I'm ready for some of that. Yeah, right. What we have to have, you all, is revelation from heaven. See, this is why I'm always stressing to you guys to take time in your Bible. It doesn't have to be that you have to read five chapters. I mean, there are, there, there's enough stuff in anyone. If you pull up our Version app, any of the, I've given you enough stuff to meditate on for months in one sermon. You don't have to, people say, well, pastor, what do I need to study? Pick any of these. This is a great one tonight. Take it home and and dissect it. Ask the Holy Spirit to open up the eyes of your heart. Because remember when Peter or Jesus was talking to Peter and he was asking his disciples, well, who do people say that I am? And they had different responses. Then he went to Peter and says, what about you, man? Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, well, you are the Christ. And what did Jesus say? Man didn't teach you this stuff. You got a revelation from the Father in heaven. See, this is what it's going to take for us because we are living in a, in, in, in my personal belief, I believe because we are living in this time, in this window uh, in history that, that it is time for the church to stand up. And we are, don't kid yourself. I, you know, I, I talked about this quite a bit in our last two Sundays, but the church has been on break. Because you have to understand something. The enemy cannot do anything unless we allow it. Oh, okay. I, I, I know you didn't say it out loud, but I heard you in, in, your, in your spirit. No, God can do anything he wants. Really? What about your smile? What about your attitude? He can do anything he wants, huh? How come that boy you're praying for ain't in church tonight? See, that's a religious cop-out. God can, Yes, God has the power to do anything he wants, but he does not, listen carefully, have the authority. That he gave to us, the church, his body on the planet. That's why you have to go preach the gospel. You have to tell people the truth. You with me? So as you, <clears throat> excuse me, as you follow the writings of these guys, make sure that you approach what they're saying with humility and faith. This is one of the things that, as I grow in the Lord, humility is a, is a, is a rare quality in people in our culture today in America. Because At the click of a button, we have access to all the information we want. Whether it's true or not, now that's a completely different thing. But you have access to it. And because of that slippery slope, we've come to the conclusion, well, look, I know all that stuff. And that's a, you know, I think humility is something that needs to be nurtured and developed in all of our lives. I promise you this, the day that the Lord calls the church home, you're going to be humble. When, when, when you see him, when you, can, can I bring this home a little bit? When your name is called. <laughs> see, according to, <clears throat> according to Corinthians, every one of us has to go before the king. Every one of us. Yeah. You're going to pucker up a little bit on that day. I promise you. Like, oh, <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> You'd be like, I, I, I think I'm next. <laughs> you, you go ahead and go. <laughs> hmm? I know, I, listen, I know some of y'all, you're so serious about stuff. No, I'm, I'm ready, Reverend. Re- okay, good. Then you go first if you're ready. <laughs> you know, in my life, I want to think that I, I do my best to follow Jesus. Now, absolutely, I'm, I blow it on a daily basis. Just ask Tracy. She'll be quick to tell you. But 
I'm, I'm still going to be nervous on that day. Huh? You, you think about somebody that you really respect. That, that, that's, I mean, I remember, y- y'all got time for a little quick story? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway, so. <laughs> but, but uh, oh, thanks, Will. But Brother Hagen, <laughs> Brother Hagen is my father in the faith. Now, some of y'all probably don't know who Brother Hagen is. But this guy, well, he was, the doctors told him that he was going to die. Matter of fact, this is back in the 30s. So you couldn't, you, they didn't have birthing rooms. Okay. <laughs> he wasn't even close enough to a hospital. They had him at home and he, they thought he was dead. So his uh, grandmother took him out back because they were going to bury him because he was dead. But God raised him up. And his life, I mean, you got to go read his story. God began to use him. I mean, the miracles that took place in this man's life. Uh, But, you know, as I began to follow him and watch what God was doing in his life. Why was I telling y'all about Brother Hagin anyway? I just. That's right. Thank you. Because. I finally get to the place where I'm attending school out there and I meet him. And the first time I met him, I was tore up. Because in my mind, you got Jesus, the apostles, and Brother Hagin. Now I know some of you think, well, that's pretty, you know, listen. That's how I felt about him. And so I'm getting ready to meet him, but I'm tore up, man. And I'm a grown man. You understand? I'm not I'm not 12. I'm 30-something years old, and it was such an honor for me. I was nervous. I mean, I'm like, what, what, like Ricky Bobby, <laughs> I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> what, what do you say? I mean, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what to say, and yeah. I promise you, we will be on our face that day. Make no mistake. So a little humility you know, God exalts the humble. He gives grace to the humble. But what about, what about the proud? What happens to them? He resists the proud. Yeah. So what we have to understand is when we follow these eyewitnesses and we're watching their lives, we're listening to those inspired words that they're writing. Keep in mind that they are truth and they are life to us. And here's the tough part about this, that sometimes we have a tendency to not want to acknowledge is when you give your life to Jesus. Well, go to Matthew 28. Let me, let me just show you. See, so often, and especially in our culture today, we just want to make sure as many as possible make heaven, don't we? Now that's great. We listen, without a doubt, we want as many as possible to make heaven. Yes. But there is so much more than just making heaven. You all, The minute you give your life to Jesus, according to the Apostle Paul, Jesus, uh, he's telling us that you and I, we were bought with a price, purchased. He is our Lord. Now, this is something that the American church is still discovering, the difference between Savior and Lord. See, Savior, insurance policy from hell. Lord, in control of your life. Can, can I bring it home for just a second? Now, now remember, when I, when I highlight some of these things, there's no condemnation. You understand that? That's not God's point. But sometimes he's wanting us to self-evaluate. So today, let's just check, check your heart today. Did any, did, did any of you even check with the Lord on what he might want you to do today? Or did you just go about your, because listen, we're routine people, aren't we? We do our thing our way. Huh? We want our coffee a certain way, right? Man, we want Derek. We want that. Uh, we want that biscuit a certain way. <clears throat> yeah, Derek got a biscuit today. Oh, he's over. I'm looking back in the booth, man. And then all of a sudden, he's like, he was like Moses in the burning bush. Yeah, dude, more. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. We get used to our way, don't we? And, and so what I want to encourage you all with, because as an eyewitness account, Peter and, and Matthew and some of these guys, they want us to understand we followed him 
and saw these things. But what we're writing is how you follow him. And he says that that stuff that we're writing is more sure than our eyewitness account. So trust what it says. Do what it says. Step out. Believe God. So understand as you begin to follow Jesus, not just accept him as Savior, but begin to acknowledge him as Lord. So in the morning, if you think about it, after you've hit snooze five times and you, you're, you've got a couple cups in you. Like, oh, yeah, preacher, what did he say about the Lord? Yeah, Lord. It's so God knows where we're at, you all. It's okay. Don't try to, hey, this will help somebody tonight. Don't try to pretend to be something with Jesus. It's not like he doesn't know. So be you, all right? Don't change your voice when you pray. Oh, most gracious heavenly father. Like, he's looking over at Gabriel and Michael like, who is that? Like, who is that? Be you with the Lord, okay? He knows all your faults, all your junk. So be you. Say, Lord, I, I know Pastor was talking about that. Man, I was busy. I forgot. But I had, I'm, you're on break, you know, and you have to think about it. Okay, then, that's, then, then, then hit it. Like, hey, God, my bad, but I'm here now. How about now? He's okay with that. He loves you. You're, you're his kid. So understand, as we go to, to, to kind of dive into this a little deeper, when you give your life to Jesus, <clears throat> you ready for this? It comes with an assignment. Matthew 28, watch this. Verse 16, then the 11, they went away. What happened to the other one? Y'all, y'all remember, number, there was 12, right? Okay. Now, here, let me, let me kind of just plant this seed here because there was 12. One fell away. But when you go to the book of Acts, there's another group of people in the book of Acts that they pick. His name is, what is it, Matthias? Yeah. They pick him, and the Bible says in the book of Acts that he had been with them the whole time since the baptism of John. So you, you got that group. So he'd been there. Nobody just acknowledged him before. He didn't, get, he didn't get to be called one of the 12 in the beginning. But then all of a sudden, he got called up to the big leagues. Yeah, he's one of the 12 now. But here, the 11, they went away to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed to them. And when they saw him, now, let, let, let's, take some minute, let's take a minute here. They worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, they've been following him for, right now, for three, by, by this point, they've been following him for three years. They've seen dead people get up. They've seen limbs grow out. They've seen blind eyes open, demons leave, leper. They have seen stuff. They've seen him walk on water, speak to storms, speak to a tree. They've seen all this stuff, and it blows my mind, but not really because we're in that same boat, because we'll step out and read something, and we'll try it, and we don't see the same result, and we doubt. See, doubt is this devastating force that the enemy will use. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted, and then Jesus came and spoke to him, and he says this. Because you understand, Jesus is getting ready to leave. All authority has been given to me in heaven. And on earth, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Watch, watch this. And you teach them to observe how many things? How many? Now, does all mean water walking things? Does all mean speaking to tree things? Does all mean healing things? What, what, all, is, what all comes in all? He said, you teach them to observe all things that I commanded you. And I'm with you always to the end of the age. You see, this assignment that Jesus is telling us about, you have to understand when you, when you start sharing the things of the Lord, it's not just talking about eternal life. It's so much more than that. And I believe this is one of the things that I learned from Brother Hagin early on. We need to start believing for signs following the word. When you look in the book of Acts, that's what the disciples prayed. Lord, confirm your word with signs following. The apostle Paul said, I did not come to you all with persuasive words and eloquent teaching, but in the demonstration of power. See, I'm believing for that to be a reality in our church. I'm believing for the anointing of presence to God, the presence of God to be so tangible in the room that when people walk in the room, they get healed. 
Well, I don't know about that. Well, okay, then they won't work for you. That's all, so sit there. But we're, we're, we're put that put that last put put the last scripture back up. Last one in Matthew, the last part of it, right there. Yeah, teaching them to, to observe what. See, some of y'all don't even want to say it, do you? Because once you say, it, like, oh, yeah, but I, I, I don't know about all that. We're going to talk about that. Because what I've discovered as, as, a, as a pastor is this. We see these truths. We talk about these truths. And then we step out and try these things. And we don't get the same result Jesus had. And all of a sudden, we start to back up, to doubt, question things. And then what's worse Instead of, now remember what we said earlier, instead of a little humility, you know what we do? We blame God. Well, it must not have been God's will. Man, I'm so through with that. I know the Lord is too. Like, why y'all keep blaming me for that stuff? See, Jesus is counting on followers today that will accept the fact that the commandments that he gave the first group, they're just as much a reality for us today. See, that's the thing that Peter's trying to drive home, guys. These words that I'm telling you, they are a more sure word of the prophetic than my eyewitness account. I'm telling you. This is Peter's point when he wants us to realize these prophetic words. See, in in John's gospel, Jesus actually tells us some crazy stuff. He makes statements like this. Anybody. Well, who's, who's that? I don't know, Stephen. It might just be those that go to Bible study every Wednesday night. Jesus said, anybody that believes in me and the works that I do, he'll do also. What's the first thing, though? You got to believe this stuff. You got to believe that the works Jesus did. That means you've got to spend enough time till there's some transformation in your thinking. So the next time one of your family members, the next time one of your coworkers, like, man, I've... I'm really struggling with this. I got, I got this report from the doctor. My family members, he's like, wait, wait, wait. What did you say? I got you. And, and, and listen, you're not trying to be some secret agent, Christian. Come over here. Nuh-uh. You know what God needs today, Oscar? He needs a little boldness, man. Now, now not this rude, arrogant junk. None of that. But, but I, I mean, I'm thinking Elijah stuff. I'm thinking the prophet Isaiah kind of stuff. A little, just a little, you know, boldness about who we are. Not being pushed around. I remember, man, there was this cool story. Because, guys, you understand the vengeance of the Lord is a real thing. He's got your back. He's got your back. I don't know. I don't know who keeps bringing the I don't know stuff up. But you got to let that go, man. That's why you're here so you can quit saying I don't know. Right, because he knows, and he brought you here to learn something tonight, so that you'll quit saying, "Well, I don't know about that." There's a bunch of us in here that do know about it, right? I can tell you right now, you know, Jack, he's one of one of our our, our key elders when it comes to healing. But we 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 got a little warrior in the back. Her, her name's Wendy. Listen, don't don't say something about her when it comes to sickness. She'll jump on you. She got the spirit of Elijah. She'll be all up on you, like in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's kind of weird. Well, then stay where you're at. I can tell you, they talked about Jesus just like this. Huh? It didn't even face him. He said, come here. He called the one dude out and he said, the guy with the withered hand. He called him out in front of the, you know, the dude felt kind of awkward. He called him out in front of the crowd. The guy's standing there with his withered hand. He's like looking at everybody and they're all looking at him. Jesus said, and talking about on the Sabbath. Can the Lord do something on the Sabbath? And he said, stretch your hand out right now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we have to get to the place, you all, where the things of the world do not have more of an influence on us than the things that God says in this book. This is what Jesus was referring when he said, anybody that will believe in me. So if you're believing this stuff and you step out and try it and you don't see the same result yet, don't quit Stop blaming God for stuff and, and reevaluate who you are. Sit at the feet of Jesus for a minute. These dudes followed him for three years and they still couldn't do it. They still doubted. This guy, Peter, I mean, I love Peter. 
I haven't seen the, the part yet in The Chosen where it, it, I guess that's going to be in season three. Uh, at least I haven't seen all of them yet. I don't know, Sherry, where he denies the Lord. We, we're not there yet? Okay. That one's probably going to break my heart because we've all done it. I, 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 know you, I know you a Bible quoting, scripture toting, all that. I think I said that backwards, didn't I? It's scripture quoting, Bible toting. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. But wrap your head around this. He, I mean, you, when you watch the show, they call Peter the Messiah's teacher's pet. But he denied the Lord. Man. Now, now, don't be critical because we've all done it. We've all had moments where we've done stuff. But then, a few months later, Cody, in the book of Acts... Holy Spirit showed up on the scene. And then in Acts chapter 4, Peter's a different guy. Amen. And the dude at the gate, Eric, he said, hey, silver, gold, I don't have, but what I do have, I give you. And in the name of Jesus, get up. Wasn't a prayer meeting. Didn't check to see if it was the Lord's will. He just, get up. And a cripple got up. Now, that's the same dude that a few months back denied the Lord. What the power of the Holy Spirit will do in a believer's life is raise people up. It'll, it'll, it'll shake up communities. I think we're at a time in history where God is just patiently waiting for us because like I said, the church has just been on break. That's all. We, we've, we've, we've had this wonderful, blessed nation that we've been in and we've enjoyed the blessings and everything inside these four walls. And there's going to be some stuff that's going to go, on, go inside these four walls that's going to happen. But you know where it's going to happen at? In your break room. Huh? When, 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 you're, when, you're, when you're bold enough in the checkout line at Kroger and you run into somebody like, man, I just want to tell you what I'm going through. Would you put me on your prayer list? And you're going to be like, nope. Woom. I don't see a prayer list with Jesus' crew. No, no. Pray? Okay. Wham. In the name of... Now, I know we're all excited because we're still in our security of our four walls. Because you know what's out, once we have talks like this, outside, you know what's out there? Opportunity, man. I was, let me tell you a quick story. I know I got a bunch of them tonight, don't I? And I didn't even have caffeine. But I hadn't done this in a while, and a couple Sundays ago, I was talking about being a blessing to somebody in the, in, in the checkout line or in some line. And, and so I'm minding my own business. I'm actually in a drive-thru getting something for somebody else. And I'm sitting there and I'm getting ready to pay. And just out of nowhere, pay for the stuff behind you. I'm like, what? <laughs> now, what, listen, this was, this was nothing, you know, I'm, I'm, but I heard it. Listen, guys, if you can't hear the Lord in little things, I, I, some of y'all, you, you, you're waiting on the burning bush experience. Not going to happen. No, it won't have. If you can't hear God say, buy somebody something that's cheap, you ain't, let's be real, you're not going to Africa. Come on. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. And so I do it. I'm like, that's you, isn't it, God? Well, let's don't, don't act like you don't check. But I knew it was God. I'm like, okay. So I, I tell the guy, I'm like, listen, whoever, whatever they got, put it on mine too. Well, it was $5, $4 and change. All right. I didn't think anything else about it. Well, we had the girls this weekend. I go to the donut shop. I got the girls with me. So I have this, God's setting this opportunity up for me to, to, to show them something. I'm buying, I'm buying donuts for the girls. All right. And, and, and listen, and I didn't, I didn't get one. I was, Ricky, I was strong in the Lord. Yes. I didn't get one. Cause I mean, a, a good bear claw. Oh. And, and I've seen it on the menu. Don't, don't let that. I'm like, I prayed in the Holy Ghost for a minute. <laughs> no, I was good. But anyway, so I get up there and I get ready to pay. And the lady says, oh, the car in front of you just got that. Now, now wait. But see, it's, it's this little thing. But what God gave me the opportunity to do was teach these two girls something. So I took them back to the story of what happened at the drive-thru. 
Well, God wasn't done. He said, just to put a little icing on the cake, I had to go get some propane in my gas for my, uh, my new Cook Island. I got me this new Cook Island, yep. <laughs> and so I had to go fill up two propane tanks. Well, I'm getting those things filled up, and, and uh, the, the guy taking care of me said, I got this for you, man. Just, now, now, this is just little stuff. But if God will do these little things for you. Huh? Now, now, listen, I know some of you are like, yeah, I want to. Well, then try it. Because what will happen is if you're faithful in the little. Somebody tell me what's the next one is. Now, now here's the thing, though. When the big comes. <laughs> and, and now he's not telling you buy somebody something at the drive through Now he's telling you to pay the mortgage payment. He's <laughs> like. Huh? Jesus said, anybody who believes the things that I do, he'll do also. This is why Paul makes statements like this. He says, hey, y'all, y'all imitate me like I imitate Jesus. See, I think it's important for the born again to understand that when you accept Jesus, you, you, you got to get this. It comes with this assignment. You're his body on the planet. He's going to use you at most unexpected times to be a blessing to somebody. But when, so when you go back and you look at those eyewitnesses, man, Jesus didn't just offer them eternal life. He, did, he just didn't offer them security. You know what he said to them? This is the, the, this is the crazy thing. Y'all come follow me. That's one of my favorite parts in, in, the, in the show, The Chosen, when he, when, he, when he looks over Matthew and he says, Matthew, come on, man. And the dude quits his job. <laughs> yeah, right? Now, I'm not saying Jesus is going to ask you to quit your job, so don't panic, all right? I'm not saying he won't, though. I gave my life to Jesus, and the guy that I worked for, I mean, we were, we were drinking buddies. Y'all probably don't know what that means because y'all are good old Christian folk, but, you know. And then I gave my life to Jesus, and we were no longer drinking buddies. I'm like, man, I can't redo this stuff, you know. Next thing I know, well, you don't really fit the image of our company anymore, and we're going to have to let you go. I'm like, Jesus, I just accepted you into my life, and I got fired? That's probably never happened to y'all, has it? See, guys, I think... Sometimes God's going to take us into these uncomfortable places not to prove something to him, prove something to you. Do you trust him? Huh? Because I was talking to a father. Um, I, I was out uh, having lunch with a, a friend of mine, and he, he's got two teenagers just going into high school. He said, man, I'm tore up. He said, I am actually losing my mind right now. Because I got two teenagers that I've raised in the Lord their whole life. And he says, I'm seeing things in them, you know. I'm like, so I, I, you take a second, you check with the Holy Spirit, because obviously he needs something, some truth. I said, listen to me, man. Everybody, y'all heard me say this stuff. I said, everybody's faith giants when you're believing for a new thing, something for you. I said, you really want to find out if you've got faith? Trust God with your kids. He stopped. He put his food down. He's like, what? I said, yeah. I'm talking about real faith, man. It's easy, you know, to talk this stuff. I said, you raised your kids in the Lord. I said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man that sows a seed. I said, you've sown seed in their life, their whole life. I said, now trust God with their life. Yeah, but they look like they're running with the devil. Trust God with their life. They, listen, they may, want, they may want to step out and try stupid stuff for a minute. See, the problem you're going to do, the, most, the, the mistake most parents make, they want to help God. Be God. <laughs> Did I go too far there? Yeah. Listen, I, I know, Sherry, I know we do. God, I... I Here's, here's, here's what we say. God, I trust you, but, but I, yeah, yeah, come on now. You got to trust in the fact that you've raised them up right. You've sowed the things in the God. And I told him, I said, here's the thing. Trust God to protect them. Trust God to put the right people in their life. 
and give them boundaries to fail in. Because if you don't, if you keep them locked in your Christian box, when they get old enough to bang, they're gone. They gone, man. Listen, I'm not telling you something I read in the book. I was 13 years old. I, I, I knew I, my, my mom was a single mom. By the time I was 13, she couldn't do nothing with me. I took the belt away from her. I said, you're not whipping me anymore. Now, listen. I'm not saying that's the thing to do. Because she, she didn't give it up. You know, she's like, I'll, I'll, I'll pick this dresser drawer up. <laughs> hmm? And now today, I, that hurts my heart because of the way I did my mom. But I was stupid. Right? So don't let go of that. See, you have to understand this is how the kingdom of heaven works. And so when Jesus says, follow me, and you don't do it right, just like your kid is not going to do everything right, don't get all tore up. Brush yourself off. Get right back in the game. That was Peter's thing after denying the Lord. And the Lord, you know... God had used him so many times with stuff. So I understand when you listen, when you follow Jesus. And so, man, I got to get you out of here. My time is up. You all know how to follow Jesus, right? You go to the book. Now, now, the, now let, me, let me, I know I've been highlighting this show, The Chosen, quite a bit. It's a show, all right? It, 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 we would call that today a supplement, Yeah. Go to the book. Set up camp there. Read a chapter. Read it again. Meditate it. Read it. See yourself there. Watching Jesus. Listening. Be in the room with him. What will happen according to Joshua chapter 1 when you meditate? That word in the Hebrew means this, that you talk to yourself. I know in our culture, culture today, you think if somebody talks to themselves, they got issues. Yeah. Well, just maybe they're born again and they're meditating the word and they're talking it out. Huh? You're talking the word of God out. You're meditating it. When he's, in Joshua, he says, when you meditate in my word day and night, and then you observe to do what's written in it, you meditate it, you do it. You meditate it, you do it. You meditate it, you do it. What if you don't do it right? Take the what if you don't do it right off the table. You're, going, you're not going to do it right all the time. You meditate it, you do it. And then the next thing says, and then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Why? Because you're meditating the Lord and all of a sudden it went from information to revelation and now you're starting to walk it out. And the next thing you know, you're in that checkout line and you're not wanting to put somebody on a prayer chain, you praying. I mean, you're stepping into, you're, it's like, it's in go mode all of a sudden, like, where, give me somebody else. Where you at? <laughs> huh? Seriously, I think God, listen, God is looking for people like that today, you all, that are rooted and grounded in the things of God, that are, that are stable and, and, and anointed with the love of God in their life. So your first response isn't getting mad. That's, there's too much of that going on in our society today. With everything that the enemy is trying to do and wreak havoc with everything going on, the lies that the, that, that the media is telling you, y'all do know that I keep telling you, turn that, turn that garbage off, right? Are you, are you doing it? Are you still? Because I had somebody today, Pastor, I was watching the news. As soon as he said that, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. I mean, you, you can't. They will not tell you the truth. You can't watch that stuff. Because every time you do, it's poison to your soul. It just manipulates you. And the devil knows that. So turn that stuff off. I know some people think when I was growing up, well, mature, responsible people watch the news. <laughs> well, back in the 50s, that might have been some accuracy, maybe. But now it's all about ratings and, you know, and, and, and propaganda, manipulation. <clears throat> Why? Because Satan owns them. So turn it off, okay? See, we have to be at a place where we, we're on. I mean, you're looking. For opportunities, you're like, you're like, just dialed in. I'm ready, Lord. What? And he says, buy somebody a drink in the drive-thru. And, and don't look behind them and say, don't do all that. Just, just roll on, man. What, what's going to happen when you start following Jesus? 
just like these guys that did in the book, that transformation starts happening. And the power of the Holy Spirit inside you begins to solidify something. And the next thing you know, you're not saying what my preacher said. You're not, you don't have to call somebody else to pray. Next thing you know, man, you're, you're responding to situations. Next thing you know, you find yourself sitting across the table somewhere having a cup of coffee, and you're discipling somebody. Are you for real right now? I would love to do that. Well, okay, then get ready. Can I take it a step further? Don't just get ready. Be expecting. Remember what we talked about in the, in the beginning of the talk? How many of you today asked the Lord what he wanted to do? Did you check in with him? Like, Lord, I mean, Lord, you understand what that word means? Lord, that means in charge. <laughs> I don't know if you know. Lord, what would you like for me to do today? Don't talk about anybody. Wow, I mean, I, I got a lot of, mm. <laughs> I know that's a, that's a big one in it. Because see, I went in the back, back of the booth while I go, Leslie Paula was gossiping. No, no, <laughs> no, they weren't. I just said that. I was just cutting up with them. <laughs> right? But we have to start. Now, now, now listen, when you start following these eyewitnesses, because you're going to get to the place where you're not going to say, man, I read, Cody, here's what's going to happen. I, you're not going, it's not going to be, I read that. It's going to be prophetic coming out of your mouth. And it's going to be God speaking. See, that's what he's wanting us to get to because what, we're his body. And when you start talking prophetically, your words coming out of his words become, are you ready for this? His words. You remember the old school Pentecostals? You know what they get up and do all the time? Thus says the Lord. They want to let everybody know, okay, now God's speaking. And they get loud and they would change their voice and they would speak King James. And you know, well, now they're prophesying now. Glory to God. <laughs> but you all know, <clears throat> just about every Sunday, prophecy flows through me for somebody in this room. Just about every Sunday, somebody, God, God's given. And I don't need to know, I'm, I'm, a lot of times I'm glad I don't know who it is. But you know who it is. When the word drops, you know who it is. Yeah. So be willing for those things to happen. How do you get there? Following him. Watching those eyewitnesses. Listen to what they say. And then you step out and do it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, tonight, this word, I'm asking that you stir inside us. Man, we're such privileged people here in this nation, Lord. So should I dare say this, God? Uh. I humbly say this, Lord, stretch us out of our comfort zone, Father. I know we like our lives and we like things, but we want to be followers, God. Not just knowers, not just readers. We we, we want to follow you, Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, tonight, this group here in the room, those watching and listening, anoint us to rise to the occasion to be vessels of honor, called to the kingdom for this time. In your name, Jesus, amen. God bless you guys. We love you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.